Hey guys, Coach here. How you doing this week? Hey, we got something just a little bit different today. Not only do we have the podcast going that we do every single week for you, every Friday, but we are now joining into the Wisdom app. The Wisdom app is live a live app, a live exchange of conversation or a Q&A. So this particular podcast, we may have a few questions that just might come in, might make the podcast just a little more interesting. So how is the Yard Coach crew out there today? The whole topic of today is we're talking about a, a landscape project that some can still start this year if you choose, depending on where you're at but I am addressing many who will have to wait until next spring to launch. And you, you know who you are. You look outside and you go, yes, so much for that landscape project. Thought I was gonna get it in, but I got six inches of snow and chances are you're not gonna be able to do it. So that's what we got going on today. Man, I am glad you're here. I'm excited about this one. It's got a little bit of the, the live tremors that are going through coach right now, but we'll get through it just fine. So let's get this show on the road, shall we? Hey, I'm Matt and you can call me coach. This channel, this podcast is all about DIY landscape education, concepts and ideas, solutions, so that you guys can go out and tackle projects yourself, be a heck of a lot more self-reliant in this day and age, and save a lot of money in the process. Man, you know something, after 20 years in the green industry, I bring with me a lot of knowledge and experience that I wanna share with you guys. That new, modern, educated, self-reliant homeowner of today. Well, here we are now on the cusp of November, just, just a couple of days away. Many places are now starting to dip in temperatures in daylight hours. Not everywhere, but many places. Days are much shorter, especially at the end of this coming week. And at the end of next week, you're gonna have daylight savings time changing again. And it's this time of year when many turn to the thoughts of the holidays, maybe some uh, holiday travel and some shopping lists and all those kinds of stuff. And landscaping projects oftentimes start to take a rear, rear seat as far as the priorities go. You may have a project in mind, but fear that the time of year and the weather is a hindrance now. Well, it probably is, and it really depends, right? It depends on what? It depends on location, location, location. And weather, weather, weather is the determining factors of whether you move forward and launch or hold off until next year. Now, for you guys in the southern tier states, uh, Florida, Bama, Mississippi, southern Texas, Arizona, uh, maybe some parts of southern Nevada, but they're starting to get cooled off too. And SoCal, you're probably good all the way up California, although man, they sure got smacked hard lately with some good rain and snow. Not sure you're gonna have real landscaping conditions going on for a little while if, unless things kind of dry out. But either way, there has to be a thought process injected into the project in order for it to be an enjoyable, smooth, and painless, painless road to the end of your project journey. It really does. Take out those planning and those critical steps that we're talking about here today. And that's sometimes where people just throw the shovel down and they curse and they say, 
that's it, I'm done. Well, some of those critical steps, like any other home improvement project, you have to understand, you really do. And you have to meet it mentally, you have to meet it physically and financially. This way it is done right the very first time within or darn close to a projected budget that you've set for yourself and just as important within the expertise, the scope of expertise that you possess, which I'll tell you what, many of you have a lot more expertise than you probably realize. It's just that you've never tested yourself. It won't really matter what size the project is from really small, like building a vegetable box or planning out a bulb bed or something that you might wanna do this time of year. From really small to full on big, big full front yard and backyard rip out and redos, the big five steps are all the same. You just basically to coin a phrase from some fast food places, you just kind of have to supersize the plan a little bit. So here they are, here's the, here's the big five. And I, I readily admit that I have talked about these in the past, I have, but I want to interject these occasionally because rather than you go tripping through nine million videos or podcasts in order to find the last one I did, I have it up to date for you here. And since we're coming into the winter months, the planning months, here's a nice fresh look at it, okay? So here they are, the big five. Number one, budget. Number one, budget. I'm gonna break these down a little more extensively as the show goes on. Design, a landscape design. Doesn't have to be super fancy, but a landscape design that meets the budget. Very big emphasis that meets the budget. You don't want to over-design if your budget isn't going to accommodate it. The next one is sourcing. Obviously, you need to go out and find where those things you're going to need are and be able to uh, attain them. The equipment that you're going to need, both what you have on hand, what you can get your hands on through your circle of influence, and what you may have to buy or rent. And then finally, initiation or implementation or execution, whatever you want to throw to it there, whatever verb, it's going to be the last one. And if you don't have the first and you don't have the last, you ain't going to get anywhere really. You're going to get really frustrated and the, the whole DIY process kind of unravels like the inside of a golf ball unless you have some of these things really dialed in. So let's touch on each one briefly so we can understand them better because, you know, Knowledge, there comes power, right? So let's, let's look at it. Let's look at that budget. It's really, gosh, of all the times that I would go consult with folks for designing and contracting, it's the biggest thing they think about, but the least thing they want to disclose. It's like a poker game. You know, they want to sit at the kitchen table like I've done so many times and we talk and we get to know each other and we get some chemistry going and it's like, Okay, Matt, we want you to do it. How much is the design gonna cost? Well, it's gonna cost you 500 bucks or whatever it was. Okay, we, we can move forward with that. Super, let's get this thing going. Now, what kind of budget do you have? What do you mean? Well, what kind of budget have you set for yourself? You know, so that I can design around that. Well, I don't know, how much is it gonna cost? It all depends on what you want me to design, you know? So it would be this give and take and after doing my measuring, my photography and all that other stuff, 
talking to them a little bit more and chipping away at that ice block that I call the, the, the budget window. Most of the time I had a, a range and I was very happy if I left the consult with the design and I had a range of a budget. Maybe your initial budget might not cover your whole project. Maybe you're doing a, a whole backyard and a whole front yard, but you sit down with your significant other and you go, man, we do this ourselves, we're easily gonna be spending, well, let's just say 15 grand, DIY in it, okay? And you look at your checkbook, you look at your savings, you look at that little stash that you got in the bedroom drawer or whatever, and you're going, yeah, we're about seven grand short. Okay, well, maybe your initial budget will cover the first phase of it. Maybe that will be the cost of ripping everything out, doing all the demolition, all the hauling away, and then coming back and lining everything out and doing your soil prep and maybe some of the underground work, and then you're done for phase one. Then you reacquire some more funds over the course of the next few weeks or months, and you do phase two and so on. Now, if you're doing it yourself, that will work for you. If you think that you're going to bring on a professional, most professionals, not all, but most professionals don't want to go into the, the phases thing. They want to get in and meet your needs with their schedule. And they probably don't want to get all involved in bringing all the tools and all the equipment to bear on your place only to disappear. And there is one exception to that. In case they want to do something uh, they've got maybe four jobs going at once. Maybe the company has big crews, so they have a demolition crew, they have an underground crew, they've got a cement crew, and they've got a finishing crew. And then they can just plug these people in. Now, Coach did not do it that way. I was a small company and I intended to stay small. So there was at one time me and four people, and then towards the end there was me, period plus maybe my son who wanted to make a couple extra bucks or day labor that I brought from temp agencies. But that was, that was it. And it worked because we we're going through a recession and I needed every single dollar that I could get out of every single job. Many DIYers, this will work with those phases. Like I said, most professionals, they kind of go, ah, you know, I'd just like to get in and do it. The trade-off, the trade-off is if you get into a lot of phases, Things get left undone. I've seen this in some DIYs and I've seen this in some professionals. Things like, uh, okay, demo's done, we got enough time, let's get some soil, soil amending done and we're gonna do some trenching and then, okay, we're done. And they disappear for three weeks. And then you get things like open trenches that are left or the regrowth of weeds because the place was neglected, you know, and you got a little bit of rain and now you got all these weeds coming up. So you get back on it after your budget is met and you go, oh, crap, now I got to deal with the weeds now. And this is the problem when you stop because when you stay on a project, you keep the ground stirred up, you keep doing things progressively and you start slapping down new patios and walkways and you're tilling and keeping this, there's no room for the weeds to come up. And then when you're almost done, you're mulching and maybe putting a pre-emergent layer down and then you're not getting this stagnant job site where stuff can come in and be a problem. You know, I was a, uh, I mentioned it just a moment ago, I was a strong opponent of phases. I really enjoyed applying my trade from start to finish because I was smaller. One job at a time, start to finish. I found my energy, my quality of work, and my focus 
stayed intact a lot better. The budgets should be realistic and within reach without tumbling into a huge debt hole. If you can finance it one time and do it one time from start to finish, it will save you valuable time, valuable dollars, time actually on the job, and save you a lot of frustration and a much better project experience overall. So the budget's a big one. I'd say it's the number one, number one of the whole thing. All right, moving on. Designing. And I mentioned when I told you the list, designing to the budget. If you guys have set a $10,000 budget, don't design, don't design in $30, $33,000 worth of landscape unless that design is going to be phased in over three phases or four phases. And then remember that if you have an outdoor kitchen you're gonna put in next year and you're gonna put in a hot tub the year after, make sure you do all the underground work in phase one or phase two at the most. Now that we have a budget, a relatively comprehensive design and notes should be completed. And when I say comprehensive, this is gonna be your paper map, your, your road map of where you're going to start and where you're going to finish. Now the design generally is the finished product look, but in your design notes, you're going to make notes to yourself, just like I did to my clients, of what is going to be needed to be done. You could also call it a step-by-step -step punch list or whatever you want to do. This can be done by you with a little thought, a little thought, or you can farm it out to a qualified landscape designer like moi did for over 20 years, almost 30 years as a designer. And then you can take that roadmap and then you can apply it. And I had dozens of clients over the years that did just that. They hired me, they paid me, I gave them something that they could work with, I explained it to them, and then they were on their own. And 90% of them, 90% of them did pretty darn well. As you begin to assemble your ideas and your thoughts, the budget will be kept in mind at all times. The, well, let's just call them the I wants or the give me's, okay? The I wants are nice on paper, but can they materialize in a financial reality? Can they? You know, if you wanna put in fire bowl water feature and all that other kind of stuff, that's really nice. It looks, it's the, it's the when it comes to looking at online and on websites and stuff, but can you afford it? Is it realistic? Even in the phases down the road, will it be realistic? And you have to be very, very honest with yourself. If so, if so, then do it. Then do it by all means. If it's financially attainable, do it. It'll never be cheaper than it was yesterday. Good God, look at where we're at now. Thank you very much, all the inflation that's going on. 5.4% or something over the past same time last year. Good Lord, my God. The design should be, uh, it should be accurate to within, within a foot for you noobs and rookies, okay? Measuring that stuff out and transferring those scale measurements, scale measurements from your backyard onto a piece of paper. Takes a little bit of a learning curve, but it's okay. Remember, it's a, it's a conceptual design. And if you're doing it yourself, it's a conceptual de design that you have to understand. And you are conveying the ideas into an accurate placement and certainly to scale measurements. I always suggest you do a little bit, just a little bit of recon outside your home to determine costs on certain important items. 
especially if those items are going to be part of your plan or your design. Items such as how much do plants cost nowadays? How much does sod cost or seed or top dressing, compost, concrete, soil amendments, irrigation parts and pieces, lighting, lumber, etc. You need to have your head around that in order to design it in and meet that budget. It will really help when you create the budget as well as the design itself. It can be a computer generated one, if you are a mind and tech savvy type of person, all the way down to a piece of binder paper or printer paper, as long as you and whomever you show it to understand the scale, the concept of the design, etc. But don't design out a 2,000 square foot sawed lawn area if you only have room for 500 square feet and a budget of 200 square feet. Don't design out a 500 square foot patio if your budget only allows 250. Design and call for small plants if budgets are limited and not large scale plants. It's a great way to save big, big dollars. Put them in the ground, be patient. If you can wait six months or eight months, that gallon can shrub is gonna be a five gallon can in that period of time. So there's one way to uh, stretch your budget a little bit. All right, let's move on to the next one, sourcing. What I mean here is sourcing and locating the equipment tools, materials, and in some cases, if you so choose, professionals that will be needed in order to meet the other parts of the big five. Find where you can locate, say like cement. If you had to go pour a hot tub pad, where would you go get it? And how would you get it? Would you have a, a one cubic yard pour on a Saturday and you'd bring in a truck to do it? Or would you go rent a trailer? And if so, we you're renting a trailer, is it gonna be the powered mechanized trailers or is it gonna be those hand pump crank trailers where you have to get it out of that trailer a lot faster? And then looking at your power equipment, what do you have on hand now versus what might you be able to get and what might you be able to rent? Bulk materials, bulk materials in the form of bark and mulch, compost, uh, seed if that's what you want. What other kinds of things, gravels, boulders, all of this stuff can be found at bulk material yards. As a matter of fact, bulk material yards and sometimes cement and concrete can be found in the same place. The plants that you're looking to put in, irrigation and drainage parts and lighting. Who in the professional realm in your area does designing if you decide to step out and farm it out and hire it out? Who does it? And you're gonna to have to find out how much they charge and whether that is still gonna meet in your budget. Who does concrete work? Who does patio structures and shade arbors, if that's what you're choosing to do? Who does electrical work and the other needs? This is all part of that sourcing it out, sourcing. Price them and commit, have them commit it to paper. Don't take a verbal estimate ever, commit it to paper and make sure that there's a date, an expiration date on that particular estimate if you're bringing pros on. Determine what those pros schedules are. Say for instance, uh, you decide to form up your new patio. You demo the old cracked beat up one out and you're gonna form it up, but you'd like to have someone come in and do a, a nice finish on it. And maybe that's not your strong suit. And I say that because Concrete and I are friends and we're not best friends, believe me. I can, get a, I can get a walkway down and I can get a hot tub pad down, but if I wanted to do a stamped colored concrete, no. I had, uh, I had two guys, subcontractors that I used all the time and I just let them do it because they were damn good at it at a reasonable price and I could usually get them on short notice. So 
The box stores are always kind of a fail-safe for many of the things you will need, but not all. But you can learn a lot about cost, take some notes, take some pictures, and you'll probably spend the better part of a Saturday morning into a Saturday afternoon going and going to nurseries, box stores, bulk material yards, etc. And you can come home and kind of have a compilation of what a gallon can this costs, what 10 feet of PVC pipe costs, blah, blah, blah. And then as you're designing it out, all of this stuff starts to meld together and fit into your budget. Okay, moving on. How about equipment? When we talk about equipment, you have to do inventory. And for most everybody who's a homeowner, you know what you have. But what will you need? Something that maybe you don't have, but you're going to need it. Maybe it's a, a rear tine rototiller. Maybe it's a sod cutter. Maybe it's a chainsaw. Whatever it might be, you have to think to yourself, hmm, okay, self, who do I know that has one that I could borrow? Best option right out of the gate. Hey, my brother has a chainsaw, or my brother-in-law, or my sister-in-law, or my grandparents. They got a chainsaw. I know they'll loan it to me. What kind of power equipment will you need? Like I said, tillers and sod cutters. How about the hand tools, like an ax, a pick, uh, sledgehammers? Or if you're going big, what kind of larger equipment? And are they available at my local rental yards? Things like mini skid steers, front loaders, bobcats, other things that you can learn how to operate quickly and you can get so much more done in a weekend or a vacation day than you ever could if it was just gonna be hand tools and wheelbarrows. Most hand tools should be acquired permanently just as being part of a homeowner. Now you don't have to be like coach, I mean, there was one time I counted up, I had like 15 shovels. Okay, you don't need 15 shovels, but you might need three. You need a flathead, a round, a round head, and probably a trenching shovel if you're gonna do this yourself. Three is more than enough. Most hand tools should be acquired permanently, but you know, bobcats and rototillers, probably not, probably, no, probably not. You know, cost those things out, you know, so that you have uh, an educational knowledge base on which to budget stuff. Know your limitations or educate yourself on the use of larger equipment so your confidence, your confidence level improves and you're ready. You are ready to launch when launch day arrives. Many things obviously can be borrowed from within the family and your circle of influence. Even vehicles, maybe a dump trailer. Good Lord, if you could land your hands on one of those during uh, the project, that's quite a find. Dump trailers or even a utility trailers help with hauling materials and goods to make the project that much easier. If you have a little Toyota pickup and you need uh, two yards of three quarter inch base rock, you're gonna have to make a couple of trips because that's just gonna squish the hell out of your little pickup. But if you have a dump trailer, you can pull a small dump trailer or whatever, you may only need one, one run to the yard. Here's another thing, next one, implementation, execution launch day, whatever you want to call it. Having a launch date and planning around that date is almost the second most crucial thing. Because if you never launch, it's never going to get anywhere. If you spent two months planning it out, designing it out, lining everything up, and then you don't do nothing, gee, many Christmas, what a, what a waste of time. You know, scheduling time off for you, arranging family needs, arranging and scheduling pros if you're bringing them in. And then how are you gonna dovetail in with those pros schedule? Equipment, ordering of materials, all revolves around this first 
date, that launch date. So if it's gonna be Saturday on April 2nd, 2022, and then you have X number of days to get your demolition done, get the site cleaned up and all the stuff that you're gonna need to be able to do at a particular point in time. And then you have your pro that's gonna come in and do all the flat work or the, you know, your patios and walkways or whatever. And you have trenching and other stuff that's gonna be needed. And I always suggest you get a lot of your underground work done before the cement guy arrives, but sometimes you can't, you gotta be flexible. If there's demolition to be done, it is really nice to have a few extra bodies to tackle that initial day. It's nice to have that support around you, and it's nice to really lighten the load and keep everybody energized. And then at the end, you kick back, you're sore, you're sweaty, you're tired, and you guys have a, a beer and a barbecue, and it really makes that first day, which is really critical. Almost like a kid going off to school for the first time. You know, if he has some friends and he knows somebody and gets in there, it makes it a lot easier than being a total stranger and doing it all on his own. Anyway, staying on that projected schedule as much as you can. Weather will dictate a lot of things. Life gets in the way sometimes. You know, you can have everything ready to go and you know that on Monday morning, your cement guy's there and all of a sudden he doesn't show. He doesn't call you. So what do you do? Hey, if you go to the website and get the ebook, I'll tell you what to do. Maybe your demo day, maybe your demolition day is gonna be just one day. For some of you, there might be a lot of stuff going on. Maybe some of you, it's gonna take three days, five days, a week or more. You know, have the necessary help to manage the task at hand and then know your limitations. Project timelines of start to finish and allow for some weather setbacks, material setbacks, and professionals setbacks. You know, basically patience, patience, understanding, and acceptance of these time issues up front will mitigate your frustrations, your cursing parties, and make your project flow a lot smoother, a lot smoother. Don't enter into it expecting next day service for some things, especially in these times we are in. Contractors are super busy. Um, product in the pipeline is kind of iffy in some, in some realms. You know, so order early and allow an extra week for something, especially if they're special orders. Last minute special orders and, and such often run into several extra days depending on what you need. All part of the planning it out ahead of time. It really is. So now you have just a glimpse at your new landscape makeover project and what is involved. It's just not grass and plants and water. It's really not. There's a lot to it. You wouldn't go into a, a whole kitchen remodel or a brand new bedroom extension without having a lot of planning on it. It's no difference in the landscape world. Watch or listen to this a couple of times if you'd really like to get a thorough understanding. I invite you to. If you want even more education and more info on DIY landscaping, hey, check out the digital course and the ebook on there. It's always youryardcoach.com. Plus, if you haven't, if you haven't subscribed or you haven't followed on Wisdom here today, or on YouTube, or on the podcast, I sure invite you to do so. I'm honored to have you. I really am, as part of the Yard Coach crew. Guys, that's what I have right now. I'm glad to see that the, the live thing went off without a hitch. I didn't have a lot. I didn't have a whole lot of people come on there, but uh, in time, maybe there will be, who knows. But I am certainly, certainly glad. 
And taking a glance over at the Wisdom app, it looked like there, there may be like 45 of you or so that are out there. Well, hey, check out the podcast. And every Friday afternoon, I always release the YouTube channel and look forward to seeing your comments and, and let me know what you need. I also always invite people to come over and email me. Email me at uh, youryardcoach at gmail.com if you guys have questions that you don't want to share publicly, but you have landscape questions. Well, until next week, next Friday as always, I'll see you then, and to your landscape success, you guys take care. Thank you for listening to the Yard Coach Podcast. Don't forget to head over to the website at youryardcoach.com where you will find more DIY landscape education, including the free 15-step DIY landscape checklist, Coach Matt's ebook called Landscaping Simplified, and the flagship digital course, Homescape 1.0. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you can email Coach Matt directly at youryardcoach at gmail.com. We'll see you right here next week.